And good morning. It is 931 and you're listening to a Minnesota morning. Joining me now is our good friend Barb Lampson. It is getting so cold out there. It's getting so cold that I had to take out my winter coat, my stocking cap. I washed my winter mittens. And you know what? This is the best pair of mittens I've ever had. It took two days for them to dry and finally at the very end I put them in the dryer to dry them. I was afraid they might shrink or something and I was air drying them and they just hung and hung and hung and and I thought well good heavens I need these immediately. So got them washed they're all set and coming to work this morning I saw kids just bundled up. I saw people with face masks on, (laughs) people wearing their boots and and that's good. All of that's good because you got to stay warm now. Well, do you know what I have? Um, I had ice on my pond, <clears throat> and and I, I got I can't let it freeze solid because the fish are still in there. So I've got to break that ice. It's not real thick yet, and then I've got to get those fish out. But I actually took uh, half a day off on earlier this week. I think it was Tuesday where I went home because I had ice on the top of my my rain barrels and you can't let them freeze no and so if i would have left them, they would have been <laughs> solid so i when my husband got home it was dark and i said we got to get these so we chipped the ice and i was so sad because i wanted to water everything right oh yes but i right. couldn't because the spigots had froze so no water sure, would come out sure. so i ended up just having to dump it all in a big area you'll have to get one of those you know you can get a heater for the bird bath, you'll have to get a heater. That's what you need. Well, no, it's not the the. See, it wasn't the top. It was the bottom, the the spigot that was froze. So, ah. and I even took my hair dryer outside. Oh, good and for you. I know, but it didn't. It was like futile. It was so you know cold, yeah. and yes. it had frozen. And anyway, so things like that. If you haven't got your rain barrels or things like that, my hoses are still out, right. and so now they're stiff. I'm not going to be able to warm them up or to roll them up nicely like I wanted to. And you know, sometimes there's just so many things you just don't get it all done. And you know, <clears throat> my husband. Here about a week ago, um, uh, ran the lawnmower out of gas mm. because he wanted that to be empty. You don't carry that over in the winter time, and he had to put more gas in, and he had to go through <laughs> and pick up the leaves and do the grass again. Um, as a matter of fact, somebody asked me about mowing the grass. Is it harmful? No, it isn't harmful. Uh, you mean mowing it now? Yeah. No, it's it, good. It's, it's it's very good. Get get those leaves and things up. And, uh, you know, we don't like to scalp things, so you should, shouldn't have it really low. But They uh, just they say, I read, you know, I know we talked about doing it shorter, but then I just recently read that three inches is what I, we usually do anyway, three inches, sure. three and a half, and that's fine. Although, you know, I have at least one more mow to do, and I tried to do it that's past weekend, and I've been mowing all season, and this is the one time the mower didn't start, and it won't start. Oh, it so doesn't hope, like the cold weather. I don't, well, I've got one left, and so I, I bought a new spark plug. I haven't put it in yet, but I'm hoping... <laughs> That I can at least get the last one done for the the, uh, oh, the yeah. season. The other thing that we always try to get done, and it's required at the uh, where we garden at the community gardens at Good Council, is you have to spade your garden up in the fall. And David has been going and doing part each day, and I'm happy to report. Our garden is spaded up and we have met the requirement because that was so cold and windy up there. What They require you to do that? Yes, they do. Oh, yeah. okay. Yes, they do. Well, see, the nice thing about having raised bed gardens, you know, mine are 18 inches mm-hmm. deep soil with those nice uh, corrugated metal uh, sides, is I just add more bags of compost to the top and then mix it in. And so, <clears> you know, 
it's it's easy. I don't really have there, to. It's, there are lots of advantages to yeah. having a raised bed. And, you know, just the few things that we have in raised beds, which is the sweet potatoes and the regular potatoes, when you take that soil and you work it out into the rest of the garden, you can really see the difference between what right. you had there. Oh, right. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I, uh, I did something I'm pretty excited about. I, I had a lot of leaves. Now that we have the place at the lake, there's a lot of big trees and a lot, a lot of leaves. So I have this uh, leaf blower shredder. So it it's, uh, sucks up the leaves and it shreds them. But the thing is, it's not that big a bag. So I'm emptying it, you know, <laughs> and putting it in a, a garbage bag, emptying it. So there was an auction and I got a chipper shredder now with a, a, a five horsepower with a pole, you know, like a lawnmower pole. Yep. I'm going to pick it up today. And I know you said you've been really happy and I hope that this will be a good for years. Buy. Really, we've had we've had a chipper shredder for years. It's absolutely wonderful because we've had raspberries all this time. And every spring you have to thin out the raspberries, the old wood. Mm-hmm. And this one has a chute that's protected. It's probably, I don't know, four feet long. And you put drop things in there, and then nothing flies back at you. And you shred these things. And I can use that. I can put that right back on the raspberry patch. I can use it as mulch, or mm-hmm. I can put a certain amount of it right into my compost for the carbon that the compost pile needs. That is a labor-saving device, and it's not a luxury. It just <laughs> It's a must for gardeners Well, the to other, have. you know, I'm, I'm so glad that we, I mean, and I hope it works, because I guess, like I said, I got it in an auction. <clears> but, you know, so many times we are taking, like, the stems or stalks of things like all my zinnias and things, I mean, they're, they aren't going to break down fast enough no. in my compost pile. So a lot of times we end up just bagging them up and putting them on Third Avenue out sure, there. Sure. But so I thought, well, you know, this will be good because we have, I have so much plant material. If you have a little teeny yard, probably you don't need one of these. Right. But if you've got a lot of plants and, you know, plant debris <clears> and <throat> sticks even that you can put sure. in there as well. And you know, um, the asparagus, you let the asparagus grow up into the tall plant. Yeah. Those kinds of things, you can't make that small enough to break down that main stalk. Oh, I've and, tried to take scissors and or, uh, pruners and cut them, yeah. but just, you still can't. You no. Know, and hollyhocks, that big stem, and also the milkweed. Now, on my chipper shredder, those things, um, uh, unless they're really thoroughly dried out, they will go through really well. But if I put them through after I first cut them and they're green, they have strings in them. So they get stringy and they'll get caught up in there. So I've, you will learn how to use your 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 equipment because some of them are more fussy about certain things. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that it's like with anything new, you'll you'll learn. And yes. sometimes then you'll be have learn that you don't put too much in at a time because it'll get plugged or whatever, right, right things. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, well, good for you. That, that'll give you more time to plant more plant, uh, flowers and things. <laughs> you right. know, I just want to say congratulations to the people that are doing drainage, the farmers that are doing drainage, and there's a new system that was in the paper last last week, and I'm just so impressed with this idea. This was Ditch 57. It was over by Mapleton, and it's what they call a two-stage drainage ditch, and here's how it works. Uh, you know, we have a ditch, and we all know what that looks like, and it has the right. sides that slope down into the middle, and before the tile the field, the in-ground field tile would drain the water into there. And when you have too much drainage, what happens is you begin washing away the sides of that Mm. ditch. Then you've got more sediment going into the river. So what they've done now in this two-stage is they've made actually benches. They're uh, 
berms on the inside of the ditch. And I'm going to show you a picture. You mean picture. Bench, benches like mm-hmm. you sit on? That these are, no, these, no. these are uh, benches that are made out of soil, and they're planted oh. to uh, materials that will help slow the water down. And it's just a, a wonderful idea. Oh, so it's, yeah, so it's just a more of a gradual drop, and okay, I get it. It has an actual bench, and this keeps the sides from eroding, and it slows down the water. And that's what we need to do is the slowing down of this water as it begins to dump in there. They're very hopeful about this, and they think it's going to be great. And along with the, the buffer strips that were put in, maybe we'll see some big improvement um, in the river especially the Minnesota River. Well, you know, it's going to take a, a while to to uh, get things back in shape because it didn't happen overnight. I know people even <clears> say <throat> with uh, Lake Washington, where we have the, the yes. cabin out there, uh, things have improved since they put in a city sewer system because yes. otherwise a lot of the stuff was just going into the lake. And just having that without doing anything else, that has improved the quality a lot. Yeah, and, you know, the thing that's really strange is people move to the lake because they love that lifestyle and that. <laughs> and yet with these old septic systems, uh, they were there was so much hesitation in improving that. And and now they, they're on the city system. This was just the best thing. And thank you to all the residents who have um, paid for that yeah, and right. are doing that. It's just a real asset to our area. You and I, just this past weekend, went to a Master Gardener training session for the region. We did. And a lot of Master Gardeners from all around the southern Minnesota were there. Yes. And the key topic was pollinators. Yes, absolutely. You know, when you go and you just sit and you listen to the science, um, it's just, it just, uh, you, you, you're, you're excited about the new science that we can, that we can uh, make these statements that are positive and best practices, but you're heartbroken when you think of the destruction that happens to pollinators. And the thing that I learned most about our honeybees is the fact they have a brain. They are incredibly smart. And you know, when we measure intellect, we always want to do something with an with an IQ measuring it that way. Right, because that's what we <clears throat> relate to ourselves. That's right. Mm-hmm. But there's different kinds of intelligence. And the honeybees have the ability to communicate with each other. And what is happening with these nicotinoids, uh, ne- neonics, is that they confuse the bee. They upset the nervous system. And so when we see advertisements that say neonics do not kill bees, that's true. Neonicotinoids, I think is the full name, right? Yeah, but they call them neonics. Yeah. And, and they don't kill the bee, but what they do is they confuse the bee so that the bee who normally goes out and scouts for the plants can't tell the other bees where it is. They can't communicate. And they starve to death. They die because of that. It isn't the actual spraying. That, that kills them, but it's what leads to that. Well, which is interesting. It affects, uh, like you said, is the, either the nervous system or some system in their body, almost a, like a, like an Alzheimer's or something where, like you said, they, they forget, they get confused. and That's right. And, I mean, it affects people. I'm not saying neonic is maybe they do, for all I know. But, right. but with bees, it, it's, it's a serious concern. And so we should look at uh, when we buy things to, to, to make sure that they don't have 
the neonicotinoids on them. Yes, that and and when you're dealing with any kind of a chemical, if it says safe does not kill pollinators, say, well, what does it do? Right. You know, what does it do? That's the question. You know, I remember when I was in college uh, that Jane Goodall was um, in Africa, and she was studying the chimpanzees, and she was the one that found out that she observed them making tools. All of a sudden, we had a new respect for these chimpanzees due to this work and other people that supported this work because they were intelligent and they deserved to be protected. And so this is true of our pollinators too. We need to do every single thing we can do to protect them. And one of the things, other things they talked about as far as pollinators, bees, not just honeybees, any bee is are the most effective at, at pollinating plants. I mean, the others, things like butterflies and beetles, they, they also pollinate, but the bees are the ones that actually are an anatic anatomically the the best able to transmit pollen and without pollen we don't have crops we don't have right. you know fruits uh, <laughs> right. vegetables etc we we're out of luck basically that's right and if you ever see a honeybee and you look on their on the hair on their legs it's kind of like velcro when they go on the plant the plant knows that they need the honeybees and the pollinators, so they have the nectar on the flowers. That's what attracts them is that sweet nectar. And their reward is the bee comes in with these hairy legs and this <laughs> pollen clicks, and, and you see this yellow on them, and then they go to the next plant, and then they collect over there and they drop some of this off. And they're so efficient, there really isn't any way that humans could invent something that would would do with what this bee does. Barb, do you think if we didn't shave our legs, we could walk around and help things? <laughs> could we pollinate? Oh, Get maybe. it up high and shake it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, no. And the other thing you've heard that people say the bees' knees. Well, because you look and when they get all the, this collection of pollen, actually where they're. I, joint is it looks like where their knee is it it's these big big round blobs of yellow that's because it's all that that wonderful wonderful pollen that they've collected so the bee's knees is a good thing and i have seen uh you know how a plant will disperse its seeds they will have sticky seeds that will stick to mm. you yes and certain <laughs> I hate certain those. times when i have cotton stockings on or something like that i'll come out and i'll have these nasty seeds that just want to hang on so Plants are really smart, and we need to start really appreciating nature and how, how, how it works together. And we need to do to support that. Learn as much as you can about about nature and what you can do to support it. Speaking of plants, I already got my first seed catalog in the mail last week already. I thought, are you kidding me? It's November. I'm not thinking about planting till. I mean, I know we we always think about gardening, but really. Okay, so Karen, I thought of this of you this week. I thought, mm, the news is so bad on the front page, I'm going to read the comic strip. And I read Red and Rover, which is a little boy and mm -hmm. his dog. And Red and Rover go out to the end of the driveway to the mailbox, and the, the uh, lid of the box is open. And stuffed full are seed catalogs, <laughs> oh, and on the ground is this pile of... And Red Sister Rover, it's that time of year again. It's <laughs> already. <laughs> so, yes. So uh, they're even noticing this in the cartoon strip. So it's true. I was looking. Uh, I've been trying to clean out papers and that. 
I have saved seed catalogs simply because uh, for reference, for colored pictures of different things, you know, they're really great for that. And I thought, this is it. So I got a grocery bag and I... They're going to be recycled, but I, you just want to hang on to them. I mean, you find you find good good tidbits in there and great things. Right. You know, and my mom, of course, she passed away just last year, but even up till till the end, she, um, I actually signed her up for free seed catalog that, that they they would send to her in the nursing oh, home. Nice idea. Because not well, you know, not only did she like to look at them because it was something different. She would take and cut out the pictures and she would paste them on paper to make cards for people. And I mean, because and it was so great because she would make Valentine's for the kids. She would cut out the pictures. And so, you know, even if you don't necessarily buy from them, they're still kind of fun. But they do contain a lot of good information. Yes, they do. Absolutely. And it's an education for you. And I'll tell you what, when it's cold in the winter and you look outside and you just see blowing snow, you know, especially if you're ordering now, you know that you've got some great times to look forward to in the spring and summer. Oh, that's so, for sure. You know, Karen, th- I want to talk about a plant that just amazes me. And um, that's the plant that we have out here that you took cuttings from and gave to people. Oh, the spider plant. The spider plant. Do you see, because, you know, I, I had this spider plant that I got from my dear friend Ruth. She was 97 years old, and this was like a plant from her mother. So, I mean, this plant was really, really old. So I had a, one from her, and then it grew big, and I brought it into work because it's really too big for home. And it's in the window, and it kept having all these babies. You know, yes. it, it has these big shoots that come out with new little baby plants. And I think, was it last year, I cut off about 80 of them, mm-hmm. and I planted them, and they're all over the, the building now that people have those plants. I know. And so uh, when I was, because I water when I'm here on Fridays, I took off one of these babies uh-huh. and I brought it home and I thought okay I'm not going to do anything particular with this I'm just going to put this in a moist soil mixture see if it develops roots and grows and this was a pot that was uh, um, oh maybe a pint size pot one cup I would say and sure enough it just and I put it out in my greenhouse oh it just it just grew it just got vigorous it just and then I put it into the next size pot, and this pot had a um, a draining a dish attached mm-hmm. to it. And you've seen those sometimes. I like them because it's the right size dish, but I found out there can be a problem. Mm-hmm. This silly plant, it was so thick in there now in November, and I suppose that was... Um, I don't know. It was warm enough so I could use my greenhouse. So I suppose it was May or June when I when I rooted that. And that plant, I had to take a knife and go around the edge of the pot to loosen it up enough to get it out. And as you know, that plant gets like little um, uh, oh, tubers on it, mm-hmm. just like a dahlia would, but only they're small. And it was flattened down on the bottom. Some of the roots had went through that drainage hole yeah. and was blocking that. Oh. And 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 those tubers that were as flat as a piece of cheese <laughs> did not die. They're still growing in there, and they're vigorous. <laughs> and I th- so I took it out. I trimmed about, uh, oh, I guess I probably trimmed off 10 inches 
of, of root growth on that thing, put it into a new container and said, okay, here's your new home now, do your best. But talk about an easy plant to grow. It looked good. It had no indication that it had any problem. I don't know how much longer it would have continued to grow in this little pot, but it just, the leaves were just perfect. There was no yellowing. Uh, and it had one baby, one shoot coming out from the center, one uh, spike for a flower to... Uh, does bloom to for the new baby and the flower to be have on Have you there. noticed the, the the plant that we the original plant that I told you I got those 80 babies off this earlier this year did you see there's probably that many now that they've all yes. come back and I'm going to have to do another harvest so if anybody wants a spider plant baby let us know I'd be happy to get yes, <laughs> and, and we have to say we have an ideal window there for it but it is nice but it's it, indirect light it's a it's a bay window and uh, so it gets uh uh sunlight from two different angles there which is really really good and you know it's it's not extremely hot in that window either uh i've i've checked that it's out cool. Yeah. it's cool yeah so really good that's that's a great plant and yeah, boy, spider can, plant and it is also considered one that is a really great for having in the office to clear the air it's it's one that's really good at uh, cleaning your your pollutants out of the air so i mean that's another good reason to have your plant yeah yeah exactly and then i had bought uh, some succulents and they look like hen and chicks but they're not quite like a hen and chick but they're in that family and I had them in a I bought them in a little pot they had multiplied succulents I'm finding are extremely easy to grow you just don't water them like you do your other plants you withhold the water they're so thick they store the water and and great now I don't know if these will ever bloom but I don't care I just like to see them multiplying in there so I separated them out and put them in little small pots again this uh, uh, I'd say about the size of uh, one cup of soil or less about that about a pint size maybe a half pint size uh, gave them a little water put them in the window and that's 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 it for them just looked really really great so if you're trying to accumulate plants um, I'd say these succulents are a pretty good bet for you they really do accumulate fast well, you know, I bought a whole bunch of succulents. I was going to make one of those giant balls that you can stick succulents in, you know, and yes. make like a globe. I never got around to it. I've had them probably sitting in the basement, these succulents, in not the greatest conditions for probably over a year in their little pot, original pots. They're still alive, and I hardly pay any attention to them. So that's the thing there. Yep. yep. <laughs> Anything that's hard to kill is good for me. Yes, yes. Well, you know, I've got my Christmas cactus inside now, and I've got my orchid cactus inside, and I have a barrel cactus. I have that inside, and uh, it that they also are easy plants. It just it seems like no matter what you do with them, uh, they make that transition. I've never had insect problems with them, uh, and I do put them in the bay window, and they do get a lot of sunlight there. But they just and and they reward me. The barrel cactus does not get uh, a lot of blooms on it. Now, is the barrel one the one that you see typically in pictures where it's the big, fat yeah, cactus? Yeah, but mine isn't big and fat, and oh. it's it's uh, it grows very, very slowly, mm-hmm. very, very slowly. You know, you mentioned cactuses. I have had so many people, they come in my yard and see I have a cactus in the yard outside. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, well, you must have to bring that in, and I don't. It's that, that prickly pear cactus. Yes. That actually is a, I think it goes down, does it go as far as zone three or zone four? Yeah, and, it, 
Yeah, and I mean, so if you want a cactus, we can grow them out here in Minnesota. So if you think you can't and leave them over winter, you can. Okay, so not to rain on Karen's parade. (laughs) Oh, no. I had a prickly pear cactus, and I found out it was the most dangerous thing I had in my yard. Did you sit on it or what? (laughs) You know, it was strange, but this house, when we bought this house... It was, and I suppose this was to protect it, it was up on the side of the front steps. And the kids were little, and I always thought they might fall off from there or shove each other or push each other (laughs) off there and fall into that because the spines on that are really, really nasty. So so I got rid of it. But do you know what? I used a spade, and I used a fork, and I used heavy gloves, and I thought I probably got rid of the whole thing. Do you know what? The next spring came back. I, I had some coming back again. Oh, so I, so, I, so I had tough. to, yeah. So I had to work at it. But uh, it's it's a beautiful plant. Um, if you can see it in the desert and you can see it with other things, um, that that's really lovely. But if you just you want to be careful where you put it, so you don't have kids that get into it or pets too. And, you know, you still can plant bulbs if you want. I yes. noticed now there's some really good deals. We were we were laughing because I had mentioned last week that I got a whole bag of crocus for just 98 cents. And then what did Barb says, well, I wonder if they have any left. So you went and? And there were 73 cents. So you got a better deal. Yes. So I'm going to still, you can still plant them outside as long as the soil is workable. Yes. And, you know. Be sure that that you water them. Water them in. That's contrary to what you would think. You'd think, now, oh, goodness sakes, it's so cold and I put this water. But they have to have that because they do develop roots now. And then um, with something like that, we do make sure that we cover them for the winter, too. And I'm also going to save a bunch. My husband said, why don't you save some and force them, you know, yeah. enforce yep. them. So how do, you, how do we do that? Okay. So I'm going to have all these. So I've got all these crocus bulbs. And I thought, I'll just put them in a big, big dish, you know, and then hopefully there'll be a nice big flourish Absolutely. Of them. Just make sure that um, you've got good lightweight potting soil. Right. And you put them in there and uh, in on the bag for crocus it says, you know, bury them four inches deep. You're not going to bury them four inches deep when you have a um, when you're putting them into a saucer or something like that. Put them so that the, the tip, the very tip, sticks up oh, out really? of the oh, soil. Okay. And water them thoroughly, make sure that they're draining. And I put, when I do this, I always put them in a grocery bag, staple the grocery bag shut, and put it in my refrigerator. Or if you had a... Wait, do you water them, though, first? I I do, absolutely, always. And just kind of mist. And you know what you can do that's even safer and easier that I've found now with bulbs is water the soil first. And then oh, sure. sh- shove the the uh, bulbs, bulbs in. into that. Yeah, right. And then how long do you leave them in this bag in the refrigerator? When they start, when they start uh, shooting up their spike, then you can take them out. So how long? So if you wanted to time this, maybe even to give as a gift, is it too late to do it now for Christmas? No. Uh, yes, yes, okay, it is. It I, is too right. late for Christmas. But you could think about Valentine's Day, you know. Well, how long would they take then? Well, it depends on, it actually depends on the plant themselves. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, I've seen uh, things that that I've uh, potted up in the fall. Uh, by the end of January, they're up, and sometimes they take longer. It just depends on. And what I do is, uh, because you've got bulbs, and you, I have just a few uh, 
spaces in the refrigerator that put them in in the basement, mm-hmm. I stack them on top of each other. Okay. So maybe that has an effect on them too. That you've so I've got maybe uh, the crocus, which which is goes into a very shallow dish. Sure. Then on top of that, maybe I've got tulips or or daffodils or. I like to do hyacinths. I like grape mm-hmm. hyacinths, which are also good. a small bulb. But I also like the hyacinths, the, the bigger ones. And when I plant them in my garden, uh, the, they always bend over because the flower gets so tall. Heavy, yeah. Yeah, so heavy. But when I force them, they don't do that. I, they just don't grow as, they don't get as tall. Sure. So if you can pick something up, uh, just try it. I yeah, mean, if you can find, you know, bulbs for really cheap like we did. I mean, yes. you can't go wrong. If Even if it doesn't work, I mean, I've spent a dollar. We spent 73 cents, but yeah. Yeah, and um, next year we're going to try trenching them. So we're going to put a trench in our garden, and we're going to pot things up in these pots, and then we're going to bury the bury the uh, pots in the trench. And then in the spring, when they start coming through the soil, we're going to move the pots where we want them in the garden. And see how that goes. <laughs> and see how that goes, <laughs> right. yes. Especially where we're out there running around, these two ladies with these happy smiles that have bags and bags of, of tulips, <laughs> and they're saying, why are you guys still doing this? Exactly. Well, I'm sure the, the, the neighbors have long wondered what in the heck I'm doing. In fact, the other night I was out, I had more leaves to get up, and I wanted to get it done. Well, because it gets dark so early, I actually turned the car headlights on the yard, and there was me out there mulching leaves and bagging them in the, the dark with the headlights of the car. I was I was planting in my front yard this past week, too, and I had the puppy with me, and she went and found some sunshine, and she just laid there and watched me. And I said to my daughter, if she could talk, she'd say, is that lady crazy? What is she doing this? This isn't fun. We, we are in yes. our own way, but, but we love it. So anyway, thanks, Barb. It's great chatting with you. We'll... Um, Talk to you next week. No, no, you're going. Okay, Barb's going to be on hiatus. That's right. So where are you going, Barb? I'm off to Georgia. That's right. Columbus, Georgia. Going to spend some time with our daughter and granddaughter and do her gardening. So how long are you going to be gone? Because then Harvey is going to probably come in and be your, your replacement for a little bit. I'll be back in January. Oh, First nice long break where it's a yes. lot warmer, I assume. Yes, yes, and lots to do, lots to plant. Okay, thanks, Barb. All right, it is one minute past 10. You're listening to a Minnesota Morning at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin online.